Oh, isn't that just dandy? <laughs> you know, roll the punches. Hey, it makes for a good story. So and that's the story we're going to get into right now. Welcome to an afternoon episode of Tea with Abby. I am here in my lovely Austin bedroom, sipping and talking to tea, the truth of what it's like to get a business started with the co-founders of Troop Beauty. Welcome. Welcome to Hi, thanks for having us. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. Um, hello, everybody. As you know, this season is all about the relationship of the co-founder. Specifically, when the co-founder has a, another relationship outside of just being co-founders, but they're partners in some sort of way. And today's episode features co-founders who are also best friends. And from what I also just learned, they also live together in a pandemic. The <laughs> <Cool. laughs> compounding interest of the stresses. So we have Jillian Willette. Welcome, Jillian. Um, I feel a little kindred as we have a similar last name origin. And welcome, Chelsea Kern, uh, co-founder as well. You guys are here in Austin. You're making it work. And you have an incredible company I'm so excited to dive into today. Thank you. Uh, how are you feeling? Where are you coming? Where are you, where are you sipping your tea from this afternoon? Uh, we're in my bedroom in Austin, Texas, also in South Austin, and yeah, feeling good. We had um, we have had some cool successes. We're launching an influencer program, and uh, yeah, feeling pretty good today. So it's a, it's definitely peaks and valleys, though. Yeah, mm -hmm. the energy of focusing and living with somebody at the same time, where you always feel like you mm -hmm. have to be on. It's been very interesting, which we can mm -hmm. get into in a little bit, but. Today's been an overall great day, very productive, and I'm really proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think that's, I mean, that's probably a feeling we all can really lean into sharing right now is that uh, there's fatigue involved in figuring out how to run a business from your house, which is the same place you live and you recover and you eat and you sleep. And in this case, you see the people you work with um every day and i experienced that as well with my co-founder and husband and it's definitely been a peaks and valleys journey of kind of riding the waves and figuring out how to support each other mm -hmm. as this is both a, this is a mentally tolling time physically even if you weren't running a business but then add the entrepreneur journey on top and it becomes a whole new ballgame <laughs> yeah. absolutely it's kind of a blessing in disguise i mean like I think that the reality of like launching a business during this time is that you really kind of get the hardest part out of the way. And <laughs> like, you, you really have no idea a lot of the things. I mean, we're lucky we get to talk to people about our business and you know what it is, why it is that they do what they do, but you know, understanding what's authentic right now and the time of a pandemic with so many factors playing in has yeah. been really interesting for building a business and I'm, mm -hmm. you might be experiencing the same thing. Absolutely. Um, so a little bit about Shrew Beauty. It's an indie beauty marketplace that invests in you. And I think when I was learning about what you are building, it's not just an open 
marketplace for these incredible brands and you're giving voices to so many um, small business owners who deserve to have visibility right now and get their products purchased. But there's also this financial aspect and building up um, of this, the word you used was Gen Zennial. Yeah, Gen Z with millennial. Um, that the, your business is dedicated to as well. And um, could you explain a little bit more about who True Beauty is, what you do, and this mission that um, you're building your business for? Yeah. Um, do you want to know? So I think our origin stories are are dynamic, and I'll in terms of like who we are and like why we're building what we're building. So just really quickly, like I grew up in a working class household, which is like a nice colloquialism for like saying I grew up really poor. And when you grow up in that kind of environment, you think about money every day as like very Pavlovian like hierarchy of needs, but you don't talk about it. And my parents didn't have the resources to imbue me with like financial literacy or financial education. But at the same time, I watched my mom be able to use beauty as this tool for transformation and like put on a lipstick and transform the way that she felt about herself and in turn the way that she approached the world. And so like with Troop, we wanna answer the question like what does it mean to live a beautiful life? And using beauty as the conduit because it's accessible for so many women everywhere. It's accessible for me. I've always been obsessed with beauty and skincare and because uh, I have also felt it's transformative power. But like, what if you use beauty as the conduit to talk about money and provide financial education? Um, and also talk about other things like activism, which is incredibly important and go above and beyond the status quo within the beauty industry that has done uh, they haven't done a very good job of making people feel worthy, you know? And so going above and beyond, so like that's who I am and that's what we're doing at its essence is using beauty as the conduit to provide financial education and I'll let Jillian tell you about herself and how we're gonna do that. Yeah, well, I grew up in Reno, Nevada where um, both my parents were very middle-class and they were living the dream, but it was a dream on credit cards and uh, they, filed for bankruptcy when I was younger. I remember being in the living room, listening to my mom cry on the phone about it with a friend. And then as an adult in 2008, when the financial crisis hit, they both lost their jobs. And in turn, they decided to withdraw their retirement funds. And they were gonna live off that and make ends meet. Um, and they eventually uh, ended up losing their home and they never replenished their retirement funds. And so as an adult, I've always been on this like constant quest of, how do you gain financial peace of mind in a world that is so expensive and constantly <laughs> with things breaking down that you have to fix? Um, and the idea of like homeownership seems really unachievable, unachievable to so many people because they're so, it's so expensive just to exist. And I eventually moved to LA where I started working in the beauty industry and really started understanding what it meant to pay $1,200 a month in a room for a room in a house with three roommates, you know, and it was really interesting because a lot of the brands that we were building were really cool and dynamic um, and fun, but it was so expensive for brands to participate in traditional retail. And, you know, customers weren't really engaging with the retailer, they engage with the brands and then they go out into the world and give referrals to things. And, um, that's where like Troop kind of came into play where it was this idea of like, we're already out in the world giving recommendations about beauty products. 
to our friends and 75% of beauty purchases are already made at the recommendation of a friend or a family member. Mm -hmm. But why can't we make the beauty industry something that a lot bigger than what it is mm -hmm. and um, add something juicier like the financial education component Chelsea was talking about and uh, pay people for their recommendations rather than it go un unacknowledged when people actually need the extra disposable income. So what we're doing with this is we have our marketplace, but our, we're, what we're really excited about is our scout program. And scouts um, can participate, they can explore the platform, they can find out, uh, discover brands that they might not have known before. Um, and then they can go out in the world, promote it on their social medias, talk about it with their friends, and then they earn a 15% commission off of any sale that's made through their handle. That money can then go into their bank account, or what we love is that it can go into a retirement fund that we help guide and educate. There's the sauce. Yes, mm -hmm. we don't manage it though. We have a wonderful group yeah. called Beacon Point Wealth Advisors that manages it for us. Because Julian yeah. and are qualified to do that. I feel though that even the initiative to understand that there's multiple ways to uplift and build within a business, it would have probably been very easy to just put a marketplace together with incredible brands that you love, made by founders that you want to give a voice for, but adding that component to it now creates a ripple effect into somebody else's future. And that creates the ripple effect into, you know, the future for who's ever in their network mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And that is really special. Yeah. Thank you. And like all of these things, right? Self-care exists in silos, right? So you have self-care for your skin and your face mask. And then like you have self-care, which is getting like nutrition. And then you have self-care like that is like financial wellness that is like really not talked about for a lot of people. Um, and so, but like, they're all connected, right? You know, self-care for your skin, like wearing SPF every day on your face and your neck and you, like your chest protects you from, uh, it, it protects you from skin cancer and premature aging, but it's like, it's an investment and you're investing in yourself today to reap the long-term benefits and investing in a retirement savings account is like, investing today in like small ways every day or on a bi-weekly basis so that you can reap the benefits of compounding interest to have like a better tomorrow. And so like all of these things have existed in silos, but we would argue that they're all connected. Absolutely. A part of me, that's kind of the, what led me to bring blended sense to the, uh, to the table, um, or not blended sense the company at the, that time, but the idea being like, I'm not financially stable and autonomous, but I'm experiencing success in other ways. And how do I encompass all the parts of myself into this idea of financial autonomy I'm looking for, which absolutely includes the ability to be able to invest in yourself in a multitude of ways from your skin to mm -hmm. your bank accounts. That's, that's mental wellness right there, which is kind of the whole theme of this season is like, what are the things you need in a business, in a business partner, in yourself to be successful and mental wellness? Yeah, and financial security mm -hmm. is is tied to mental health and yeah, mental absolutely. wellness, one hundred percent. Especially, especially I won't get political. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yes, no, especially. I'll just say especially. <laughs> so that is the essence of the business. I it's, I really uh, want to keep talking about that as well. We'll come back to it um, because there's just, I was really blown away by this idea of your pledge page and the ways that the two of you um, as white women are going to ensure this badge system that you've set up with um, black business owners, women business owners, um, these just, it's so powerful to be able to have a resource and say, with what little I can invest in myself, I want to make sure my money is going to the right place and it's really good product. Um, I'm curious as to one, what kind of led that activism through what you've created in yourself? Um, and then I kind of want to start getting into the story of like how the heck you guys found each other and got here. So where, where does that come from individually for you? Is that something you learned as a child as you were growing up? Um, I definitely, I've always related to the financial education component. However, and I mean, obviously Chelsea has too, but she's really been the heart and soul of the activism piece. Um, so I think that you're the best person to be talking, speaking to that right now. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it a lot, like Jillian and I, because eventually we're manufacturing our own products too, and that was put on hold. But like, when we make our own products, whether that be like the marketplace as a product or our own products or anything, it wants to be, we're, we're like, we want it to be something that we want to use. And um, I, I think that re, like customers as a beauty customer, um, especially this year with all of the economic and social unrest, like we're tired of these like too little, too late promises from big companies that should have been doing better forever as public relations initiatives. And I think that it is problematic for a myriad of ways and it distracts us, but like we wanna build a company that we want to shop at and that we believe in and that makes the world a better place. And that might sound like like optimistic and naive, but I would argue that that's the only way to build a business in 2020, especially in during this time. And like a part of racial equality is economic equality and in where you spend your money matters, you know? And if you can purchase a, a brand that's owned by a woman or owned by a person of color, um, that the value of that is 10 times than buying like a VC funded Ivy League owned product. And like no offense to those people, I'm sure that they're really great products and they're marketed really well because they have a lot of resources, but it's just boring to me. And I'm, I come from a place of not a lot of resources and I've seen what poverty looks like and the socioeconomic and like the, the the sociological effects of that firsthand, and I'm just like I'm uninterested in building a company uh, that doesn't put people first. Yeah, and I mean to add to that too within the beauty industry itself, I we I mean we would both agree on this that beauty is always sold incredibly short by mm -hmm. a lot of people, especially men. Um, and if you don't work in the beauty industry and understand its value and you don't look at the P&Ls all the time, you don't understand that it's a $450 billion globally annual business or industry. And, you know, at the same time, there are so many cool resources about financial education that exist out in the world. And like you look at like Elevest and all these other companies that are popping out up, but they're not catering to a younger demographic because most people don't think that young people care 
about financial aptitude or starting a retirement fund when they care more than ever because they see what their family has done and they don't want to repeat the same mistakes. And they literally, like, like people have said that, like, we've like been in pitch meetings and people have said, literally said that to us. They've <laughs> laughed at us and said that young people don't care about saving money. And it just isn't true. And just because people aren't asking questions or sticking up for themselves doesn't mean they don't care about something. It means that they feel shame and they don't know how to ask those questions because mm -hmm. they don't have the vocabulary to do it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to share and be vulnerable about our stories. So, and the ways that we've been made feel unworthy by the beauty industry and felt shame with our personal finances so that we can be better as individuals, but we can inspire other people and other young women and other beauty lovers from similar backgrounds to ours to know that they can like have a better life and that they're completely worthy the way they are. And, um, change that dynamic because like, yeah, Elevest is great. Investing money is great. But like, what if you don't like have any money to invest and you're in debt right now? Like, how do you repay debt? You know, like, where's that order of operations come into play? And we want to be that, that foundation to get people up to investing. It's just scary. I yeah. think for a lot of people. Yeah. And you feel shame talking about it. You feel shamed because you feel like you should have known, but you can't know what you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We say that all the time. You, you don't, don't know what you don't, don't know. know. <laughs> Literally, we say it a lot. But <laughs> it's true. You don't know what you don't know. You guys spend a lot of time around each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was We're like, we felt just that one before we got on. We're like, okay. <laughs> I'll tap your leg. We didn't coordinate our uh, leopard print. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> oh, what you know, you're here, you're, um, you know, what you're tackling is not, uh, it's not light, right? Um, and but your friends outside of this, um, where did the bliss, where did the idea start to take shape in your friendship that led you guys to start this? And what was that moment like when you were like, oh, did we just start a business, or was that intentional? Well. I was in LA for about four years and Chelsea, I'll let you, I'll let her tell you about, or, sorry, excuse me. I'll let uh, her tell you about her career, but I've been in LA working in the beauty industry and the business model before we launched it or once before, like we've gotten to this point was a little bit different. It was a single, it was just our brand. Um, but it had, I had been thinking about it for a couple of years and like had these different, like mm -hmm. it just like kept evolving. And then Chelsea came down to visit LA. We grew up together, or we lived together uh, in Reno. We and we each other for like a decade. Yeah. yeah, like so like 18. 18 and yeah. Uh, I'm like I'm trying to dig in the- Like how old are we? <laughs> <laughs> we have changed a lot over the years together. Um, but Chelsea came down for work to visit mm -hmm. and she had been talking about a big acquisition that was gonna happen in her company. And I was like, let's go get dinner and a drink and I want to tell you about truth and what it is and mm -hmm. or before it was scout but the girl scouts did not like that <laughs> so that's why we ended up it's true yeah so I talked to Chelsea about it and then I'll let you go into it yeah and I was previously in the cannabis industry so I was the early employee of a cannabis operations and software company and 
I had the opportunity to be with the, the company as it grew from one state and two offices to two states and six offices and um, as the VP of marketing and advertising. So we were successful in what we did and like the startup dream as an early employee to be acquired. And I had the opportunity to exit the company with that acquisition um, with a nice exit package and equity in the company and um, or I could have stayed with the company, but I made the choice not to because it was gonna change so dramatically for my role specifically. Mm-hmm. And I took that opportunity to build this company with Jillian. And so I moved to LA um, to do this. And then we realized that starting a startup uh, in the consumer goods space or any space is uh, exceptionally expensive in Los Angeles, even though we love it. Um, and so we made the decision to relocate to Austin, Texas. Yeah. And it was, I mean, really, I had been, Chelsea was kind of the, 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 this is a positive analogy in the way I'm going to use it, but the straw that broke the camel's back for me, because I had been at my job for a long time and it had taken a while, like when it's comfortable, it feels safe. And you're like, Oh, like this is feels risky. And I really want to do it. And then Chelsea was the right catalyst to be like, we're in it, like, let's go. And um, I'm good at that. <laughs> is, that like, is that part of the dynamic of your relationship? Are you a bit more um, pragmatic, Jillian? And Chelsea, you're like, I feel good. Let's, we know what we know. Let's go for that. Like, how, how do you guys push each other in that decision-making process when it's coming to a risk like that? Yeah. I'm. Jillian is really good at like marinating and ideas and approaching problems and solving problems in a way that people don't see. Um, I would say is like your magic sauce, right? What do you think? Would yeah, you know? I yeah. I don't know. Chelsea don't know. is I'm great. Good, I'm good at. I'm this a good is why she's good at a lot of things because right now it's just us doing everything, right? So, and so yeah. we pick up really where like there are some weeks where things are just feel harder to do one task, and mm-hmm. you know one of us doesn't want to do it so the other one picks up on it which is like really great now but I think that Chelsea is really incredible at pushing towards like new projects especially and being like this is what we're doing getting the catalyst ready and moving those forward and setting the bench for what it needs to be and then I think that within our dynamic too I'm really good at like consistency and just like rolling just like you have shown me what you your vision of it is I can help maintain it from here and get that support and keep it rolling because Chelsea's really like the she focuses a lot on brand identity right and how is everything looking how are we communicating to everyone and um sometimes I'm a little like more dense when it comes to that stuff but once she shows me the light I'm able to go out (laughs) help and support it I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, and like, I'm like, this is, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know how to articulate what I'm gonna, I just do things. It works. I just, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, an, up, I'm yeah. an executor, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, 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 I feel that. Um, so you had left LA, you had come to Austin, um, make, intentionally making the choice to move in together to, this is where you're gonna be launching the business from. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't that long ago. And what happened after you guys did that? Well, I mean, so we moved here and 
we're roommates, but we like when we moved here, we immediately got an office at WeWork, right? Because we knew like living together and working together is stressful for anybody, right? And so like we need to be able to like have this clear space where we go and we work and there's this clear boundary. So even if those conversations happen sometimes at home, like that's cool because you, I can stay at the office later if I'm feeling kind of manic and I want to work till midnight or vice mm -hmm. versa, you know? Um, but we traveled so much when we moved here because we were like flying all around the country to like pitch or to try to raise capital. Um, and so we traveled a lot that those first like six months that we were here, we had an office and we had the, it, so, but then the pandemic happened. And so like the expectations that we had versus reality are like, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it was never our intention either to, we were always like, we're gonna move to Austin. And we live with um, our friend who is very gracious mm -hmm. to deal with two big personalities. Huge personalities. Very, <laughs> very opinionated women. But um, so, he's been an incredible like support system through this entire process. And mm -hmm. our intention was always to have our own space a lot Still faster. And it is, <laughs> oh, we're like, oh, we're gonna move and it's gonna be three months max. And then I'm like, okay, we're but gonna have to push that. The one thing about being a startup founder, it, go founder, it's always like, always expect the unexpected and things will never really go the way that you want them to, but it's not a really bad thing. You just like mm -hmm. learn to like roll with the punches and be like yeah. water. Yeah. What are some of the ways you manage um, the more sensitive decisions, disagreements? Like there's only two of you and I have a third, we have a third co-founder. And so even when my husband and I are letting our personal lives slip into our roles, you know, and we're having a hard time separating business and life a little bit. So are they one in the same kind of? I mean, they are the same, yeah. That is what it is. Things don't exist in silos. You're right. I just had that realization as I said that. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Your work is your life. Or my, I'll speak for myself. My you work is my life. At least, yeah, right? yeah. You want to be enriched and fulfilled by that. Yeah. Um, but we have a third co-founder who can be like, uh, you know, kind of like, so what's it like in your duo and your partnership? If you're, what are some of the ways you, um, I guess I would love to give our, our audience like, some real tactical strategies that you guys use to navigate disagreements or different opinions on a decision. I think a really big one is first off to not be reactionary mm -hmm. to anything um, and just listen, like actually listen, not just hear. Um, that's kind of a big one for me. There are times where like Chelsea and I will talk and inevitably there are disagreements and we are both very intentionally like, we don't want to do this alone. We're intentionally doing it together because we have to share the mm -hmm. same vision. And sometimes like what I tend to do, I know I notice is that, you know, sometimes I'll, like I'll need more information or I won't give enough information. And so if there's like a little disagreement there or we can't work through something, mm -hmm. I try to go back and like get the right information in order to like position myself in it or like explain it better because maybe I miscommunicated it. And Chelsea tends to do that also with me. Um, but like just not reacting to the first bit of information. Yeah. yeah, or like if somebody like, like posing a solution or posing like a new idea, right? Mm -hmm. And like, we're all the center of our own universes. And like when either of us like poses an idea or something, 
taking like that, like ego base, like, oh, are you posing this idea because I'm not doing this well, or Mm -hmm. because this isn't or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and just taking away the taking it personally. Yeah. Because we don't have the leisure of taking things personally. Like we need to do these micro tests and we need to be able to pivot and make decisions for the company quickly so that we can grow and scale, reach more people and like improve people's lives, you know? So like, we don't have the luxury of like doing that, but being able to just like, you know, stop taking it personally. What's best for the company, you know? Because what's best for the company in the grand scheme of things is best for both of us. And sometimes like, we're lucky that we have um, a lot of people who are close to us too, that we're able to talk through problems and mm-hmm. get to solutions uh, mm-hmm. that like can act as a third or a fourth brain within the situation. Like a network of mentors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes. I think that's really critical in a partnership is to check in, do the work, but then also occasionally, you know, have that outsider be able to say, well, this is what it's I'm interpreting it as from this position. Yeah. Is this accurate? Is that the outcome you you want? Yeah. Well, and I also think too that it it's always been a little conflict of mine too because I think it's really important when our entire lives are melded together mm-hmm. that we have things that are independent outside mm-hmm. of each other, and then it's complicated because our business is together, and so finding mentors that are exclusive to us and then that are exclusive to the business in both of us is kind of something that I've always valued a lot Mm -hmm. and being able to go separate of each other, have conversations and then being able to come back and bring those points of view together. Mm -hmm. And because for a while it was really integrated and now we both like give each other the space of like, it is really important that sometimes we divide and conquer. Like we are in it together Mm -hmm. all the time, but being able to like reach a larger scale of conversation across like mentors mm-hmm. or just people to talk to about the business too is really important. Mm-hmm. So not letting ego get in that way too. Yeah. Know? Like having both of us do everything at the same time, all the time. First of all, it's not the highest and best use of both mm-hmm. of our time. There are conversations where both of us need to be present mm-hmm. and there are conversations that don't, you know? And so figuring out when and where that is applicable. And trusting that mm-hmm. when you do say, yes, you've got this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let yeah. And mm-hmm. also like, like this is just for startup founders at, in general, but also co-founders, like letting go of rigidity, you know, because mm-hmm. the reality is you're starting a business and it's stressful and you have to be like water, like Jillian said earlier. And it's like a cliche, but cliches are re- cliches for a reason because they hold truth within them. But like, they can't be like, well, this is how I do this. And I do it this way. And I do it at this time every day. And you do these things. You know, it's like, there are some days where like, I just like, I can create content and like create content, mm-hmm. but like, I don't want to structure all 9,000 emails to send to our customers. And it's just like something that's like not lighting me up. And even though that's something maybe that I normally do, like Jillian, we have kind of, we've known each other for a long time, but like this symbiotic relationship where like I can pick up or she can pick up where I need, you know, versus being like, well, this is in your job descriptions, you know, (laughs) like, well, that doesn't really matter. Job descriptions don't matter when it's just two people and you have a whole company and you're Mm -hmm. shipping out of a warehouse yeah. and you're running a website and you're doing all this stuff. That yeah, get, it, get it done, move the business, yeah. get it, like, yeah. 
no feelings here. Yes. That's that's powerful. And I'm I I wonder how many founders get stuck and stop at that point because they just can't create that symbiotic relationship and um, telepathy a little bit, you know. But part yeah. of probably what makes you guys so successful is that you've known each other for so long and have a friendship outside of this and like Yeah. So yeah. And we know each other's hearts too. Yeah. And that's I mean, maybe that's cheesy, but like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? We know each other's hearts. You know, <laughs> we do. and you know, like, their intentions, you know, are authentic. And that is probably difficult for co founders who just like found a, like a co founder that they don't have an established relationship with because it takes time to build trust. Yeah. And that's part of why I really wanted to explore this this season is there's you know there's chatter you can hear chatter about being like oh it's not good to start businesses with your friends or your spouse or how do you do that yeah. and I'm like it's kind of just it work it's yeah. well also it drives me crazy too because one thing that I've learned through this entire process and I'm sure that both of you have also is that everyone has opinions about what you do and you'll hear a lot of people Especially when you're fundraising. Yes, exactly. And you'll hear people be like, well, I don't like investing in business with co-founders. I've seen too many bad things happen that have split companies up. And then another person goes, I will not invest in a business if it doesn't have co-founders. And then if it's not two co-founders, then it's three co-founders or four. And it just like, everyone has an opinion. And the biggest thing is that, you know, I'm really grateful to have Chelsea a part of the, uh, in this like we're in it together and there are times where we argue and we bicker and we walk away and then we have to revisit and be like i'm sorry but not taking it personal and like being able to like communicate because like that's just being human and i'm really glad that neither of us are you know have too much pride <laughs> to go back and acknowledge the things that happen or to not go back and acknowledge things that happened because that's how things really go to, mm -hmm. you know, a slamming halt mm -hmm. is when people just like sweep it all under the rug and then it just breaks. And then mm -hmm. it's just like too much ego and pride to even revisit it. Or to say sorry when you're wrong. Yeah. We're all humans. Like there's an art to just being like, oh, I was wrong. I shouldn't <laughs> yeah. have done that. Or I shouldn't have said that. Or I could have approached this way that I was feeling in a different way, mm -hmm. you know? And like saying sorry, like these like basic like epithets of like, being human <laughs> translate really well to having a co-founder relationship. So I think like for me to be the best business partner to Jillian, I need to focus on being the best version of mm -hmm. myself, which means being a better communicator. It means evaluating ways that I'm not showing up for myself in the world, you know? It means like figuring out weird like habits I've had in past relationships so that I don't perpetuate them in this relationship, right? Cause like we're best friends and business partners, but like there's, there are certain things that we as individuals do and carry into all of our relationships, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like making sure that I improve as a human so that I can be the best co-founder. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of that idea we said earlier, one of, uh, you, ha you have to build a business of, with values in 2020. You must build a business that has an impact on how we live our lives as a society. You must build a business that raises up 
the typical groups of people who have been long too suppressed by big business and these very capitalist corporations that sort of suck your life and create this idea in your head that your work and your life should, are, should not be intertwined and you should not be talking about what you do, but it's, it's, it's not yeah. that. It, 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 we're in the, I think, uh, I think you're speaking to something that the Gen Zillennials. Gen Zennial. Gen Zennials are really <laughs> dedicated <Young> to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no, we're going to build businesses with heart. We are humans. We are here to all just try to live our best lives yeah. and like, mm -hmm. let's create structures around us that help us achieve those things for ourselves individually and as a collective. So mm -hmm. I think that what true beauty, I don't know. That's what I, when I was, I was just kind of taking everything in and I was like, wow, this is a, this is a really exciting and impressive and couldn't be more tasty for 2020. Like, yeah. let's go. Business is like, a, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm really sick of is middle-aged men telling me, that one you're doing too much or two are like the they are they can't wrap their head around being like uh you building a multi-million dollar business or whatever our goals are but also having so many like being a mission-driven business at the same time they're like you can't do both you know mm -hmm. and I'm like you couldn't do both because you didn't do both but it can be done mm -hmm. just because you didn't do it don't mean we can't do it and if you make Ooh. it easy they'll operate in it also yeah and they're going to want to be a part of it yeah uh, yeah and not only that if they're wondering about your retention and your overhead burn and how often you churn guess what nobody's going to be leaving a company like that like yeah. they'll be respected and they'll feel good every day getting up and saying oh my god i get to work at true beauty like are you kidding me or i sell my product there um yeah you guys had a product that i was uh, we ran out of time for season two, but Black Girl Sunscreen. I was. Um, Ooh, Shante. Yeah, I, we, we were. We just ran out of time to get her on the show in the season. But um, it's products like that that I, when I, you know, like, yeah. Do you know how many, do you know how big the market is? If you're concerned about market size, mm -hmm. like, that's untapped. So, yeah, that was always something I really struggled with too, because the number is so big that most people think it's unreal. And they're like, mm -hmm. scale it down a little bit. And you're like, yeah, we're realistic. We're, we are very realistic. However, the beauty industry is the beauty industry and beauty lovers are like, of course, we all have different values and things that we want to associate with and align with. But for a group of young people who are coming of age or who are already like in their careers, like they're looking for a beauty company alternative outside of big box retail that like, isn't like, like just memes that are about like breaking the bank because you spent all your money on makeup and skincare. Like mm -hmm. the guilt that's associated with that is kind of antiquated. And it's also another weird marketing position that mm -hmm. they do that a lot of businesses put out into the world. So yeah, just make it easy for people to do the right thing or do kind things mm -hmm. and support the, the people who, deserve the credit for it yeah because it's, not, it's like correct me if i'm wrong but a lot of i'm sure consumers in that aspect of the industry as we said you don't know what you don't know and if they knew exactly where their makeup was being sourced and how it was made in the yeah. ingredients in it they would make different decisions Dude. Yeah, they've, never, they've been blinded they've been purposely lambed to yeah. not 
question because it's all marketing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And like we have, like we had our, for our brand ambassador program for our scouts, we opened up applications in advance of our launch, uh, which was successful. And we received 1400 applications and we went through each one of them. And then we were like brands that you would like to see on Truth. And then they would like name these brands and I'm not going to like call them out, but then they also, but then we also said, what do you care most about? Uh, in your skincare routine, and it would be like sustainability, like in and you're like, clean well, skincare, clean skincare, and it's all marketing because the the brands that they're listing that are very big, very on trend brands, are like like completely petroleum based products, which one isn't good for your body, and yep. the, uh, but also it's a non renewable resource, mm-hmm. and or there's like crazy chemicals in there. They just don't talk about it, so you don't pay attention to it, mm-hmm. you know, and we're never going to put somebody else down or put another company down to make ourselves look better, but we will provide the education so that people can make better decisions yeah. for themselves. And also on top of that, well, and a big part of the way that we're providing this education outside of social media is that we have this back portal that we're working on building right now. Ooh. And it's like a guided education. So one component of it is for brands to, for people to learn about brands, the products that they're carrying, um, or that they sell and how they can talk about it and share it with their community. Um, but then the, what the side that we also are really excited about is a financial education component piece of it, where it's like going into everything from like, what is a bank? How does a bank make money? What is a credit union? What is a checking account versus a savings account? What is like an interest rate? Like, what are all these things that feel really basic and just providing stepping stones because then eventually we can lay that out and then we can go be like, this is what investing in the stock market means. And then this is how you do it responsibly without losing all of your money. And this is where it can go wrong. And then it can also be, this is how you start a beauty brand or like, this is how you start your own business. And like, we talk to like women everywhere, like who own businesses or beauty brands and they're starting up and they're not like really at the space where like they're interested in like, you know, like scaling it, but they're getting there. and. I talked, Chelsea and I were talking about this earlier. Like, mm-hmm. We cannot wait to be in a place where we're able to go like- Have an incubator. Yeah, have an incubator where we just bring in brands and teach them how to do business and run businesses mm-hmm. and not like shark them. Mm-hmm. And just be like, here's the demographic. And we're gonna like, here's an audience. Let's get you set up for success. And put you onto the world because you're yeah. doing something that's really cool and it deserves to be acknowledged and you have grit and stamina and you believe in it. Mm-hmm. So let's do the damn thing. But and like creating opportunities for people that are from marginalized communities to create companies that one probably are going to make better formulas than they that care, you know, mm-hmm. because they care, but two also create economic opportunities for themselves and for their communities. Mm-hmm. And that's what scouts too. Like, so scouts, it's like a brand ambassador program that just awards people for their recommendations. Cause that's how we purchase things. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, after COVID, try before you buy at like these big box retailers, which is what makes them fun is like inevitably done because nobody's, I'm not going to be like going there and being like, you know, like try it before you buy Jillian yeah. said it yesterday. Your fingers in that thing. Yeah, like, yeah super gross. So one, it was gross before, but we weren't really paying attention to it. Um, but like that's inevitably done. And so the try before you buy is your best friend that's tried a product and they should be rewarded for that recommendation. Not Jeff Bezos, you know, no offense, Jeff. Well, actually, yeah, offense, Jeff. Um, but like, 
that money should stay within your community and then providing education on like how you manage that money. Because yeah. this is a problem that I've had as somebody that did not manage my money well as a young person and I'm still learning, I'm still a work in progress is that just because you have more money doesn't mean you need to spend more money, you know? And like also educating on like, is your your skincare routine sustainable for the earth, but also is it financially sustainable for your personal finances? Mm. I'm so thrilled you guys are brave and courageous to battle all of the other entrepreneurial things that could go on and on about, about what's challenging about building a business. But I think having a partnership, clearly your relationship is only helping your business blossom. And I'm so I'm excited to see what comes next. And I'm, I'm super jazzed up about now knowing you and being able to watch the story. So for those of you out there, check out Troop Beauty. Go online, go on Instagram. Uh, if you need, you know, the holiday season's not far around the corner. I feel like by the time I'm speaking on this episode, you're going to be thinking about how you're refreshing your new seasonal face, your holiday face. Um, your body, your mind, your spirit, and your wallet, most importantly. Yeah. Um, uh, amazing. Truth, beauty. Um, Jillian, Chelsea, I'm just, thank you so much for being so candid about what it's actually like to buckle down and try to start something with your friend. Um, it's hard. It is hard. <laughs> it's hard starting a business. Yeah. yeah. There's still, you know, there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing I would rather be doing. So, yeah, <laughs> me too. Peaks and, valleys. Peaks, and Peaks, valleys. Peaks and valleys are okay as long as the trajectory is upwards. But thank you for having us. It yeah, it's like a staircase, you know, it's like a couple up, a couple down, a couple up, a couple yeah. down. You're still, still going somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Better than going nowhere. Um, you had mentioned something that I thought was so poignant that in order to show up as the best business partner and co-founder, you must be the best version of yourselves. So what are some uh, personal care hacks that you do for yourself individually that lend themselves to having a more positive partnership? I think, well, one of mine, my big ones is if I have an issue, understanding what my role in the issue is. Before I articulate a problem and just explaining my where I'm coming from, my experience of like why I do things the way I do or, you know, why I want things a certain way, but like understanding what my narrative is that I'm like projecting out or putting out into the world um, has been something that I've been personally trying to work through and has uh, also space too, but that's like a mutual one that we do with each other. Yeah. I mean, personal space is important. I love being alone Same. and we never get to be alone. <laughs> so if anybody needs dog sitters, <laughs> babysitters, I'll do it. I'll yeah, do it. I got it. Um, but I mean, for me, I I do this for myself, but I also do it for my mental health, and it dramatically improves the relationship. And I do two things, and I have to exercise, and I do that separately. And so, like, I do that by myself. That is my time. That is my hobby that I do. And it, I do it for myself and for my mental health to release endorphins, but it makes me a better person at home, and which is where our office is, you know, and, 
in, in all areas of life, but taking care of my, my nutrition and my exercise, because like all we think that self cares exist in silos, but they don't, you know, the way that you do one thing is the way that you do everything. And so like making sure that I focus on filling myself up and feeling good because when I don't feel good about myself, I'm not as nice to other people or I'm not as understanding, you know, and I think that's the same for all people. And, and also meditating, I meditate and I journal and I try to like journal and I'm like, when else? Oh, so I'm feeling triggered by something. When else in my previous relationships with friends or whomever, have I felt like this before? Okay. When was the first time that I felt like this? Oh, okay. So I'm really just having this conditioned emotional response to something and I'm actually upset about this or, and how can I reprogram that so that I don't perpetuate this? Mm -hmm. That's the key. The way she works out really is scary. So that is the tea, everybody. In another episode of Tea with Abby, Troop Beauty, Jillian and Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on, speaking candidly, sipping and spilling some tea. And I hope that in Austin, we're able to sip some in real life. Sometimes. Me too. Me too. Can't wait for it. So excited to not have. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much for watching Tea with Abby. Be sure to click subscribe and smack that like button so you can stay tuned. <laughs> smack that like button. See that like button? Smack it. Thanks so much for watching an episode of Tea with Abby. Be sure to click subscribe and smack that like button so you can stay tuned with new episodes all year long. And if you want to learn more about Blended Sense, visit us at our website, www.blendedsense.com, or follow us on social at Blended Sense or at BlendedSense.io. See you next week.